Ahoy and welcome to an episode of We Missed the Boat. I'm Josh Cruz. I'm Michelle. Hey Michelle, what's this podcast about? Uh, We Missed the Boat is a retrospective podcast about games that we didn't play when they were cool, hip, and happening. Or maybe they were never cool, hip, and happening. But they came out a long time ago, at least a year ago. And um, we play them and we talk about the history of them and how they came to be. And then we come and talk about what we thought of them. That's right. And and we tell you ahead of time now uh, when we're going to play a game so that if you have any cool stories, you can tell us about the games. See, I knew all of that. I was just testing you. Oh. Well, you go passed. ahead and um, do some stalling because I haven't checked to see if anyone emailed about us, us about this week's uh game yet oh very good can i talk about the game uh yeah sure cool so this week's game is uh catherine and from and uh, that's luna that's that's our her, that's our daughter she wasted not, no time her name is not catherine um and uh cool man job. this game this game is cool did we get any emails <laughs> we got some emails from libson oh, cool. um about billing <laughs> very good so that was um, that was to be expected Yes, and lots of spam emails. <laughs> oh, any that we want to read, um, like we did that one time. Oh wait, oh wow, we actually have. Do we have some? Um, it's not. We'll talk about it off mic. We have like a kind of a cool email in here that got oh. put into our spam filter, oh, no. and it shouldn't have. Oh no! Um, no! No! But it's actually cool, and if you are Pepper Juice and you're listening to this, I literally just got your email, so... uh, This episode brought to you by Pepper Juice. No, we're not sponsored. (laughs) We are not sponsored. Uh, Maybe it's spam. Maybe this isn't even a real person, but like, uh, I just saw an email that looked potentially interesting. Sorry (laughs) to derail the entire podcast. If that, if that, if Pepper Juice has not been trademarked as a soft drink, let's go ahead and start that right now. Um... We are giving that for free as a free idea to you, the listeners of our podcast, because I don't want anything to do with a soda hey, called pepper juice. Hey, we're off to a very good start. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, we played Catherine. Sega Atlas. Yes. And um, we're going to go through, uh, in case this is your first episode with us, like I said, this is a retrospective podcast. So we, uh, the way it works now is we've actually already played the game before we come to the table and discuss everything. So we can kind of do it all in one. And um, so in case you can't tell by that description, there will be spoilers. If you have not played Catherine, um, and you want to know what happens in the story, go pause this podcast, go play it. Uh, we'll still be here when you come back, but please join us or once. will <laughs> Please, I'll delete the episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. <laughs> you don't know how. I don't know how. I don't have the info. <laughs> um, but anyways, so basically we're going to talk about like the history of the game, the story of the game, all at once, kind of. Yeah. So, Our reactions to some story Yes, beats. but there's some major spoilers in this game, so if you really, really want to know how this story kind of pans out on your own and experience that for yourself, then please go do it because I think it's super worth it. Um, so I'm going to give all those people who are lame and have never finished this game, just kidding, I love you, um, a chance to... Turn the podcast off? To turn the podcast off. I'm just giving them some time. I'm giving them some time. They they don't need it. They did it. Okay, listen, they're gone. So this is everyone who's played Catherine. Or doesn't care. Hopefully you've played it because I'm not going to explain all the story beats for you. You should play Catherine. You should play Catherine. It's a very good game. So anyways, this uh, Catherine was released. Uh, We're just going to get right into it. Catherine. Hey, 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 you know what? That's my favorite way. Just jump right into it. We're just going to jump right into it. Uh, So Catherine was released on February 17th of 2011 on PS3, Xbox 360, um, and I believe it was immediately released on PC, if not shortly thereafter. That was two days before my 18th birthday. Wow. And uh, later... So I, I couldn't get it without a, a parent's... No. <laughs> and later it was brought over to the Vita as well as the PS4. This is on Vita? This is on Vita. Oh, now I have to get it on Vita. It is developed and published by Atlas. It is directed and produced by, and for all of our good, good friends that love Persona as much as I do, uh, you're going to hear some familiar names now. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, it was directed and produced by Katsura Hashino. That is, of course, uh, known for the Shimagami Tensei games, Trauma Center, and, of course, Persona. Uh, the art director and character design was, and I can never say their name right, so I apologize. But um, sh- I think it's Shigenori. Mm-hmm. Sojima. Sojima, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I, in researching this uh, particular episode, I turned to Josh for the first time and said, hey, do you think that uh, there's a reason that all the names, there's at least one character in every game of Persona that sounds like Sojima, like a duration, a, a variation of... <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm on to you. I, I don't, I don't agree. I'm but. on to you. Um, and the music was, of course, by uh, Shoji Maguro. Maguro. Yes, very good, very good, very, very good. good, very good. All thoughts. very good, very good. Um, so of course, you might already be able to tell this, but uh, this game was kind of like a predecessor to Persona Five. Yeah, kind and, of a tech demo, right? Like, yeah, we'll get into yeah. it. Um, we'll definitely get into it. So in case you haven't played Catherine and you just decided to listen to us spoil it for you, or in case you need a refresher, I'm just going to give you some basic info here. Catherine is the story of Vincent Brooks, who is in a long-term relationship with his girlfriend. And this is where it gets confusing. Catherine with a K. So Catherine with a K and Vincent are dating. They've been in a long-term relationship. Uh, but after he meets a beautiful woman named Catherine with a C <laughs> at the bar one night, he cheats and finds himself having dreams of sheep versions of people in the real world. Together with the sheep, Vincent has to solve puzzles and climb to the top of death-defying towers or face certain death itself. Sounds I, like a pretty sticky situation for our good pal Vincent. I wrote that description myself. Wow. I'm a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> so but, but i need the validation <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um that's kind of just the basic background there i just want to before we get into the production details and everything just before playing this game mm-hmm. um i knew literally nothing yeah I, you, you were pretty you, i knew you, it was a flying blind i knew it was a puzzle game mm-hmm. that's about it Reverse Cubert, as I like to call it. Yeah, that's kind of how I thought of it. Um, I just knew it was a very intense pu- puzzle game, and I knew it was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I knew that there was a sexy lady in it, and that's about all I knew. Um, so I was very pleasantly surprised by this game, but we'll get more into that later. So this was developed by the, quote, second creative production department of Atlas, uh, which is, of course, the team that handles all the development for Persona. So, I wonder what the first team is. Uh, Shimagami Tensei. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I thought they were the same people. Uh, anyway. There is crossover, oh, okay. but this okay. particular team, from what I understand, is specifically the Persona team. Okay, cool. So, Catherine was first was the first title developed by Atlas for HD game consoles. They had mm-hmm. never developed a game for HD game mm-hmm. consoles before. They were so new to the entire idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, there were they were really excited about all the things they were able to do, but there was so much debugging that had to happen and so many issues that came up that they actually had to push their development schedule like quite a few times yeah. because they just didn't anticipate all the issues they were having. And it's in part because of this difficulty that they ultimately decided to make this a testing ground for the next Persona game, which came to be Persona 5. Um, So they kind of just took the opportunity to get familiar with the engine, get familiar Mm. with with how to develop without issues, which is part of the reason that Persona 5 is on PS3 is because this game... It was, this game was created, Catherine was created as a way to understand how to develop for Persona, or for um, PS3. Right. So, it kind of all makes sense. Which is a notoriously difficult console to develop for. Yes, and they had never done it before, so they decided that if they had learned all this, they might as well just put Persona 5 on PS3 as well, because they really knew how to do that. Um, So, the aim was to create a game that specifically was not an RPG. And was also specifically aimed at adults. Right. 
So Hashino, who's the writer, claimed that this was a game that ultimately only Atlas would have approved. They very much understood that what they were creating was not a game that other places would have liked. This was an Atlas game. Yeah, very Atlas true. was the only one who was ever going to like this. You know who I could see funding a game like this? Would, like today? Yeah, it would be like, well, because Spike Chunsoft, is that a, do they do publishing at all? Yes. Okay, they're a they're, publisher and development okay. team. They would be somebody that I would think if, if they brought it to Spike Chunsoft. Potentially they would have, yeah. but again, this was an internal Atlas team. So Absolutely. they just they yeah, just yeah. understood the scope of what right. they were working on and how this is a game that was never going to get greenlit anywhere else. Very true. Like <laughs> it's it's a really unique concept. Yeah. So um which you know we'll get to later, but is part of the reason that people love this game so much. Right. So um they specifically wanted to show the experience of love and the and relationships between men and women and they wanted to surround that lo- idea of love with conflict so early on they knew you know we wanted to take this idea of people being in love but here's conflict and kind of put that into it and they were trying to find ways to do it so Hashino went around and asked every single staff member about their real life experiences with love and like their love lives and like horror stories and everything that he could and he actually interviewed a woman who said in her dream she would kill people and that's book wild and so he took that and that is basically what helped make this game that's pretty cool like was that somebody he t- he wanted to take all these experiences mm-hmm. in and that's what helped kind of shape the story mm-hmm. was just the fact that someone was like yeah like i would just dream like she described in detail like ways she would kill people in her sleep and so it that's made... like less cool but <laughs> but like but i mean you know sometimes that's, there's just right. people no, that, yeah. that are that have brains like that yeah. but um yeah so like it directly had influence um and then sojima really cared about character expressions that was his focus with this whole entire project uh, was caring about character expressions and wanted to take the opportunity to perfect it as much as possible and make the most realistic expressions. So as far as like art direction and character design, that's really where the focus was here. Mm -hmm. And then of course, um, uh, Maguro, like the whole point was to create music that was unique and Mm -hmm. they wanted to have this whole theme of like, it's serious but adult but then the all the screens like all the splash screens and stuff that happen for like menus they're Mm -hmm. bright pink and everything and that's on purpose because they're supposed to be like give off the idea of something that's like kitschy Mm -hmm. and like sensual and like throw that into this absolutely like horrifying scenario kind of like the art design that we see with danganronpa like it's supposed to bring in this element of just like completely not what the tone of the game is that gives that gives you a different feeling and just comes together for the entire like feel of the project and then um you might recognize some of the anime cutscenes in this game because they are done by studio four degrees celsius which is the same people who do the all the anime stuff for like the Persona games. Okay. And apparently it took over a year to create the anime cutscenes for really? this game because they were so in depth and there was so much going on in them. Wow. So this was a huge project for them. And I, I would not have guessed that, but that's that's crazy. I mean, like, I think that they're. Th- I think that the anime cutscenes in this game yeah. are beautiful. Oh yeah, for I sure. I think they were like just so amazing. Yeah. So I can definitely see yeah. how it took them a year because they're kind of lengthy. Yeah, and you're you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it more, there's more anime cutscenes in this game than are normally in games created by this team. Yeah. And so I think that coupled with the fact that they are, of course, longer cutscenes. Do you side question? Yeah. Do you know if that's the same studio that does like, like the Persona animation movies? Uh, I don't believe so. I believe okay. they specifically work just, on the games. Yeah, just the games. Okay. I could be wrong about that, but in my research, I didn't really see anything about that. Okay. I specifically just saw the connection between the games because the whole thing is how like all these games are interconnected. Yeah. Um. So when it released, uh, releasing this game was kind of interesting 
So part of uh, the whole idea behind this is they really wanted to emphasize the sexuality of the Mm -hmm. game because, again, it was just this very unique concept and they really wanted to draw people in because, I mean, sure, there's a lot of, like, discussion and visualization of, like, sexual imagery, um, but there is, of course, no, like, overt nudity. Right. And there is also the whole, like... Just, like, they only show so much. So, it they... But in addition to that, there's, like, these really intense puzzles and, like, horrific things happening. But they didn't... They knew that wasn't necessarily going to sell the game. Like, to be fair, if you saw just the puzzles and you didn't know about all the other stuff that happened in this game, you probably wouldn't be that interested in it. So, their whole marketing campaign was designed by by having two different types of covers. Yeah. So, in... uh, For... PS3 versions of the game, they wanted Catherine with a C to be specifically showing off her cleavage. Mm. And, like, they wanted her to be this really, like, sexual being. Whereas the 360 version, they wanted Catherine with a K, like, lying down and showing, like, her butt, basically. And so the whole point was, like, to get, like, an overall, like, sexual imagery of the women that are in this game. I did not know that. That they had two different... because I got the 360 Because we have the 360, and that's what we played. But yeah, like th- that was the whole idea was huh. to show both women on the different versions hmm. and show them in different ways, showing off different parts of their bodies, because that was just like the whole idea behind right. to com- to show a completed like person, I guess, between the two yeah. in a way. Um, so that was just kind of like the inspiration behind the art which I thought was really interesting. And it was also to just kind of show off their two different personalities Mm -hmm. because they do have two obviously very different personalities. And so they kind of wanted to show that off just with the cover on its own. So then, like with all the art aside and everything, they were ready for release in Japan and Catherine was actually never originally planned to be released in the West But eventually they had decided, I don't really, I didn't get a chance to look further into that particular Mm -hmm. aspect, but they did eventually decide to go ahead and try for a Western release. And uh, it was really hard to get companies to agree to carry this game. Sure. Uh, Like Target and Walmart in the U.S., did not want to carry this game in any way. Did they end up doing it? So um, I'm going to read an excerpt here that's actually from the Wikipedia page because this was the most soundly put together way I can see it described. But Atlas uh, did some tricky stuff <laughs> to get their game like held in the U.S. in these big retailers. Yeah. So let, let me read this uh, excerpt here. And like I said, I'm just reading this directly, so it's going to sound really dry, but, you know. So, quote, to convince them, them being Target, Mm -hmm. Walmart, etc., that the game was suitable for mainstream stores, Atlas USA put together a film reel of clips from unspecified AAA games those stores did sell that featured more explicit content, content than Catherine. When they met the retailer representatives, they showcased the film and pointed out that Catherine had none of that content before showing off the most explicit scenes in the game to prove their point. The retailers were convinced and allowed Catherine to be sold in mainstream stores and were also convinced into looking through their stocks as concerns were raised (laughs) due to the film showcasing other games' erotic content. So they basically just were like... That's tight. Here you go. Like, why wouldn't you? Here's God of War banging five girls at once. Basically. Because really, I mean, if you really think about it, yeah, Catherine's kind of a, no pun intended, stripped down version of like sexuality in a game. But they're upfront about it. They're not hiding it in the same way that a lot of these games are hiding it behind like the idea of just like unfortunately like overtly violent games that people don't think those sexual scenes are going to be featured in so i'm i thought that was really cool that they just went ahead and were like well you carry this so why can't you carry our game and it worked it totally worked and they were able to bring it over and there was no more problems after that like it just it like overall what a good plan that i think that's such a great idea um, so yeah, it, 
because of that, um, in with its release, there was, let me find the numbers here, um, in December 2011, Catherine received the, oh, oh wait, the award for biggest surprise of 2011 from Team Xbox. So that is also shown in the sales because for the Japanese charts in the opening week, it sold over 140,000 copies. And then the Xbox 360 version in, its, in Japan uh, sold 21,000 copies and it outsold Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom 3 Fate of Two Worlds, which was released the same day. <laughs> is, that, is that like an Fate of... I don't, is that like the original version? I think so, but it outsold them by two mm. to one. So it was like a really good release. And then um, by the end of 2011 in North America, they mm. had sold uh, over 230,000 copies wow. of this game. As And by the end of 2011 in Japan, they had sold over 260,000 copies. That's pretty so impressive. So this game sold really well. It really truly like is the epitome of just like a surprise game this game came out of nowhere it was not supposed to be this commercially successful at all it was just supposed to exist to showcase something else that the team could do and also be like a little playground Mm -hmm. to understand what they wanted to do with persona 5 and so it won so many awards like and was nominated for so many awards it won the ign's best of 2011 award um for best ps3 story it was nominated for the ps3 game of the year category um it was winning just things left and right oneup.com gave it the most daring game award it really won like a lot of awards that were kind of like or was nominated for awards that were like best game but then was winning awards that was just like best surprise game you know like all these things just nobody expected this game to be as big as it was so it also reviewed really well today it still stands on um, metacritic for the ps3 version it's about an 80 as well as the xbox 360 version and the pc version so all three stand around an 80 and then um, overall, like IGN gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, GameSpot gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And in fact, I have an ex- some expert excerpts from that GameSpot article right here. So this was written by Kevin Van Ord. And he gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And said that the good was its compelling personal story, devious challenging puzzles, and fantastic use of sound effects and music. But what he didn't like was how difficult it was and some of the the controls because the controls did have quite a few issues Mm -hmm. um even in the version we played like after and it was like because full disclosure we played it on easy which helped a lot lot. but Um, well because i didn't want to get so frustrated that i quit playing well and then that's why i quit playing back when i first got this game was because i played it on normal and it got insanely difficult yes um so just for the sake of getting through the story we decided to play it on easy and it yeah. helped a lot. Yes, but the controls were still really wonky. Yeah, in the some controls spots. are always wonky. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap this... Oh, Luna does not want us to wrap up my summary here. She wants you to keep going. She wants me to keep going. Well, to wrap up the summary here, um, I just want to talk about a few different things. So uh, Catherine... So Vincent from Catherine uh, was actually in Persona 3 Portable... <laughs> Wait, really? (laughs) So, uh, the port's female protagonist runs into Vincent, who makes a reference to the events of Catherine. Did Portable come out before Catherine? It came out after. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, the... um, As far as I know, it it came out after because they put him in there. Oh, yeah, because Evita wasn't out yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, that was a particularly, like, cool thing. And then, of course, there is the remake coming this year Mm -hmm. as of recording this podcast in September it comes out. Yeah. And in that, you are going to be able to, kind of in the same vein of putting Vincent in a Persona game, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to play as Joker from Persona 5 
um, throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. And if you play as as Joker, you actually get special Persona Five related cutscenes, and I believe uh, voiceover commentary from uh-huh. the car- from the Phantom Thieves, and I think some music gets put in there as well from Persona Five. Um, yeah, and it might be like remixes or something. I think it's I think something it's like that. Special, I mean, special we'll, music. We'll yeah. find out. But yeah, so just kind of in that same vein, I think it's cool that in the remake they're still supporting that whole like collaboration because mm-hmm. really if you think about it persona 5 wouldn't exist without Catherine, right in at least in the same capacity so now that we've kind of talked about the history of it although i do kind of want to we'll touch on a little bit more that whole like persona 5 versus Catherine idea mm-hmm. but uh for just surface level what did you think of the game overall uh Man, what a weird it's kooky so game. weird. It is so weird. This is just off the walls bonkers. It really is, but like But also in a very like dreary way. Kinda, yeah. There's a lot of like really you go through you go through the mundanities. Yes. Like uh, as Vincent during like, during the night. You really understand why Vincent's just hanging out in oh my gosh, what's the name of the bar? Uh, the Lost Sheep. The Lost Sheep? Uh, I think that's what it is. I think so. I think but, uh, but anyways, you really understand why Vincent just spends all of his time there. Yeah. <laughs> By the time you get to... Every th- night for eight days? Eight days. And I'm that's like, wild. man, dude, if I lived your life, I would do the same yeah. exact thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, what kind of... What are you looking at? I'm trying to figure out what the name of yeah, the bar the name is. Of the- so yeah, I really kind of let me bring up the the cast here because I really want to go through. I know I do this a lot with these kinds of games that have compelling cast of characters, but I really want to go through Stray Sheep. The Stray Sheep. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I really want to go through some of these um characters because I love them. Yeah. I love the character design in this game. So, first of all, surface level do you like Catherine with a C better or Catherine with a K better in uh, the end? Regardless of the fact that Catherine with a C is evil. Right. I think I think Catherine with the C is more more fun. Yes, I like Catherine yeah. with a C better. Catherine yeah. with a K is bland and boring. And if you are Catherine <laughs> with a K be- defender, I don't care. Because she sucks. Whoa. <laughs> when when he has the thing where he thinks that he killed Catherine with a K. No, when he thinks that Catherine with a K killed the other Catherine. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I love that. And then it didn't actually happen. And I was really sad. Catherine with a C. Yes. Killed the Catherine with a K. Yeah. Yes. You said it backwards. Did I say it uh-huh. backwards? There's too many Catherines. Too many too many Catherines. Like this, that what's really funny to me, and listen, all my my YA literary nerds out there might appreciate this one. Um, John Green wrote a book called An Abundance of Catherines, and it's about a guy who dates a bunch of people named Catherine, but he never dates Catherines with a C. And so it's really funny to me because he's always talking about all the Catherines he's dated. You think you think these guys read John Green? No, because that <laughs> book came out after this. You think he played Catherine? <laughs> Maybe. Um, and he likes Catherine with a K. Yeah, probably because yeah. he's lame. Uh, I really like Vincent. Yeah, he's a uh, he's an all right character. I, he he kind of sucks. Like, well, that he has to suck. Yeah. Um. Who is your favorite character that's not the main three? The, the main three? Oh, um, So, like, neither of the Catherines and not Vincent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who do you really like? I like... I like Johnny. Johnny is which one? The one uh, that's basically Ryuji? Uh, no. Johnny is... Um, shoot. Uh, which one's Johnny? Is, which one is Johnny. <laughs> He is—he's not the—he's not the one with the hat, right? Uh—is he the divorced one? He's the divorced one. Okay. Yes, the divorced older guy, the one yeah. that's that's secretly sleeping with the waitress. He sleep because yeah. Orlando wants to date. Orlando's the guy with the hat. Orlando's the guy with yeah. the hat. Which is the one? Johnny's the guy with the pooped up hair. Yes. No. Um. But then Toby. 
Toby Toby's is the one it. that's Ryuji, yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. the blonde one yeah, who's dating who's dating the waitress Erica, Erica yeah. but then Johnny sleeps with Erica. Right. Erica's cool too. I love Erica. Yeah. She's my favorite. Yeah. I wanted Erica and Vincent to be together, but you know we yeah. can't all have it that way. <laughs> Because um, Johnny, um, Johnny is Troy Baker. John, no, Orlando's, Orlando's Troy. No, Baker. no, yes, Johnny. No, okay. <laughs> it's very confusing because it's all those guys that are all friends with each other. Yeah, like Matt so, Mercer. He, okay, no. So Orlando is Liam O'Brien, and um, Johnny is Travis Willingham, and then oh, okay. Toby yeah. is Yuri Lowenthal. Uh huh. And then um, Erica is Aaron Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. And then Thomas Mutton is uh, Kirk Thornton. I don't know that name. And then... That name eludes me. I thought Troy Baker was in this game. Troy Baker is in this game. He's Vincent. He's Vincent. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Laura Bailey is Catherine with a C. That's right. I didn't know that. Yes. I also texted you the other day. Because we're figuring out that Laura Bailey is in literally everything. Yeah, she's Naruto's mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, but anyways, so yes, those I like the characters a Does lot. Does Matt Mercer play anybody in this game? No, Matt Mercer's not in this game, as far Are as I know. Sure, I'm thought, pretty sure. I thought he was in this Command game. Matthew. Nope. Matt. He goes by Matt. Yeah, but he's my friend, Matt. No, he's not in this game. Okay. So. Sorry, Matt. Wish you could be in this game. <laughs> he's too busy, busy being the beautiful, wonderful Yusuke. <laughs> he doesn't have time for Catherine. So, anyways. Sorry. Wow. He, Vincent's 32. Yeah. Yeah. He's... he's yeah, because they make mention of it that he's like early 30s. I didn't realize that because Catherine with a C is supposed to be 22. Yeah. So that's like the whole thing. But I thought that meant that Vincent was like in his tw- late 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, I, I was wondering about that too while we were playing it. And then at one point they just... They say it, yeah. yeah. Off to the oh, side. Oh, yeah, because doesn't Catherine with a K be like, you're 32, you need right. to get married. Blah, 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 I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> Let me push up my glasses. Yeah. I think if Catherine... Full disclosure, I wear glasses. I think if Catherine with a K... And there I'm boring. Are, there are things about her... That just because of my lifestyle, I don't like <laughs> or agree with. So I think that that's the part of me that's like, mm, I don't like her. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because she could be really cool. Yeah. But also you're not supposed to like her, I don't think. Like from the get-go, literally well, right. from that, the like... minute that you told me, you were like, yeah, if you do like bad things, you get to be with Catherine with a C. And I was like, okay, well, immediately going to do every bad thing I possibly can. Right. Because they, they do, they make a conscious choice to like make her kind of antagonistic at the beginning. Yeah. And then I did feel a little bit bad for her in the end. Yeah. But... I don't know. I but really... in the end, you got to live your life. you got to live your best life. Yes, you do have to live your best life, which is why you should be with Catherine with a C. All right. You don't got to be so hostile about it. <laughs> but, okay. Speaking of endings. Well, before we get to the ending. Whoa. I don't want to... Because we want to talk about all the different endings. Yeah. Because we had an interesting experience with ours. Um, there's some buck wild endings in this. Yes. Uh, well, there's only three. But yeah. two of which are interesting. One is boring yeah well even the no two of them are like snooze fests yeah kind of i guess well comparatively yes yeah um what did you think of the overall like puzzle and level design in this game like do you i mean it's very stressful very hard Mm -hmm. but i thought they were good yeah i thought it was really cool yeah i i like i'm sure if i go if i went back and played it on normal now i would still have trouble but you could get it. Yeah, I think I could. Because the, the speed at which you have to do things yeah, it's, increases yeah. uh, when, when you play on the higher difficulty. Um, so I think that is a factor. But um, So you kind of have to, have to get good at the quicker techniques. Yeah. Um, but I think playing on easy allowed me enough time to kind of mess around with stuff and get those techniques down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought they were very fun, especially towards the end. 
like on days six, seven, and eight, they yeah. start adding like ice blocks. I liked the, the the different blocks. I wish, kind of mm-hmm. wish they'd introduced those a little bit earlier than just the and trap the, blocks. Yeah, and the dark matter blocks. Those were you, cool. If you um, you push something in it, it goes away yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I the only thing I didn't like was the boss design. I. They like, were like weirdly unsettling. Oh, for sure. Like just in a way that t- kind of took me out of the puzzle, which I don't know if that's just like a me thing or what. Well, no, I think that's intentional. I think it is, but like it was so throwing me off that I was just like, I can't even do these. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's rough. It man. really made it difficult yeah. for me to to complete them because yeah. I was so just like anxious the whole entire time that and i had to I think, like i think the video game did its video it, game job i think it did too but i just wish they had been a little toned back <laughs> so that i could like the butt one yeah the butt that one was wild. really scary the baby one the baby one made me want to I, die I still, I still think about the baby one i try not to <laughs> so it's wild um this whole game is wild it's very wild so, anyways, do oh, do we want to talk about how we called um, the persona style twist? Oh, how we totally knew that yeah. the how early on did I call that? I called that probably like pr- day five, like halfway through the game. I think it was earlier than that. You like well, you like mentioned, I mentioned it. You were well, like, what I mean- if this game like has some sort of supernatural, like oh, that she's not real? No, 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 like. Uh, I called that she wasn't real. Yeah, pretty early. Yeah. No, I that, like that there was some that the bartender. Yeah, some like god. Yeah, I well no, I didn't think he was a god. I just thought that he was the bad guy because yeah. I the whole time I was trying to figure out who the bad guy was because I knew that I like in my like head in your persona no in mind (laughs) i just felt like Catherine wasn't real i was like there's no way that she's real because he calls the guy who's like well she's comes to and like she's with me or whatever Mm. and then you're like but that's not possible yeah because she's not real and so i and then everyone else uh it says like yeah. what are you doing well but that gets revealed yeah. we had never seen her before yeah so like before that i was pretty sure that she wasn't real yeah so at that point i was just kind of the whole time trying to figure out like okay so who's making her a thing yeah. at first i thought maybe it was erica because i was like that would be kind of cool if it was erica being like all you guys are like scumbags basically yeah. like because she would always talk about that she'd be like you can't cheat on your girlfriend because you're gonna die basically yeah um and i thought that no, was not basically well like literally yeah. you're gonna die um but i thought that was really cool and so i thought it'd be cool if it was her and then i was like well i bet it's the bartender because that's gonna kind of not be that interesting to me like it was interesting but not as interesting yeah. as what i wanted it was about as interesting as a lot of other persona twists it was about as interesting as the twist in persona 4 golden fight me i liked that twist don't like it because you didn't do his social links. I didn't do his social link. And also I called it in, no, in you, a way that it wasn't cool. His That was too not cool. Because you asked me about every other character before him. Yeah, I wanted it to be somebody else. You did a bad. I want it to be a lot of other people. You, you, you asked me too many questions about that game before you got to the twist instead of just playing it. Yeah, because I always want to figure it out. Like, humble brag, I just watched Big Little Lies for the first time, and I called out the twist of that on the second episode. So, just want to say that I'm really good at twists, because I'm a writer that writes about twists. (laughs) So, I can figure out. I got a galaxy brain. (laughs) I'm going to write a book titled My Wife, The Galaxy Brain. Yeah, and it'll be all about all the twists I've figured out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hundreds of thousands of pages long. Lemon lime twist. Uh But anyways. That's the only one I know. So yeah, we figured that out pretty quick. But it was still like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's a bad twist. I just think I would have liked it better if it was someone else, which is kind of just my whole thing with all of this. exception to the rule being persona 5 spoiler a catchy that was not i called it i figured it out but i was still that, very happy with that 
that ain't a real twist of well, that game. But I'm saying that, like, the bad guy yeah. twist, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, was really interesting. But I am curious. So, again, Persona 5 spoilers from here on out, really, because I'm... Should we just title this Persona 5 Episode 2? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was really interested once the re- the official reveal happened that... Um, what is his name? The His name's Boss. Once Boss yeah. was revealed to be a like god Uh, boss nass (laughs) i i was curious if because i mean we all know that like the whole like igor voice thing was in part because the the voice actor died and so they Mm -hmm. kind of took that advantage of that opportunity Mm -hmm. to do something man that sounds weird (laughs) well like like they knew that they were gonna be able whoa the dogs don't like it when you bark at all when i bark when you laugh they don't like when you laugh they don't like it when i bark either to be fair they don't um but anyways they like you know took advantage of that opportunity to be like "Ooh, let's throw this huge twist in here so i wonder if when they still sounds weird yeah i wonder if when they created catherine and came up with that god twist yeah if they were like oh hey like, what's the timeline of that, you know? Yeah. Were they like, oh, wow, we could totally use this. Because so many things were used. Like, let's talk about that for a second. There is so many parallels. What are you staring at on my screen? You need to stop. I'm I'm trying to figure out what, what was the, what is boss's demon god name? I don't know. Okay. All right. It doesn't matter. His name is Boss. And that matters because Boss is part of the direct parallels to Persona 5. Because they all call Sojiro Boss. Mm, Very true. And so I really loved being able to, in retrospect, like, if you have listened to all these spoilers and you still haven't played Catherine and you've played Persona 5, please play Catherine because you will appreciate Persona 5 so much more. I'm so glad I played them in that order Mm -hmm. of Persona 5 then Catherine because I can look at the bar and, like, the social things Mm -hmm. and, like, the social interactions and how they impact your gameplay and be like, oh, that's just, like, in Persona 5 when you do this. And there's even characters. Like, they have the... They've got a teddy plushie. They've got a a teddy plushie. On on the bar. Yep. And then, but one of the things that I thought was really cool was you can kind of see the breadcrumbs of some of the confidants from Mm -hmm. Persona 5. Like they have, he's not a politician. He's a police officer that did a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And then he's trying to redeem himself for a bad thing that he did. Just like the politician in Persona 5 who does a bad thing. I I thought you meant like character models. And I was like... No, 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 no. Just you can see like the the way that their their types of stories are laid out is really interesting. For example, I keep calling the one guy a Ryuji character. Mm -hmm. Toby is totally Ryuji. Oh, yeah. Like through and through the way that he talks, the way that his like basic model is just like Vincent is totally Ren. Right. Like he 100 percent. And I, I really like that. And, I mean, you could even go as far as to say, like, Boss is definitely the basis for Sojuro, down to the name of calling him Boss. Yeah. Because, and his assistant is a redhead. Like, his little, like, oh, yeah, yeah, best yeah. friend yeah. mini-me is a yeah. redhead, just like Futaba. Yeah. So, like, it really kind of all plays through. There are definitely a lot of parallels. Yeah. Not to mention, like, the whole, like, break in the cognition of your mind. Right which is the dream world. And so I really appreciated how like there were so many parallels I could see now that I've played this game, the passing of time and what you mm-hmm. do with time in those tasks. I just, I really liked all of. I want to, I want to talk about that a little bit. I think so every night you are in the bar. Yes. Um, and every time you talk to somebody, different people come in and out of the yes. bar. Every time you talk to somebody, um time passes and you might talk to somebody once or twice and then somebody else in the bar might get up and leave and you can't talk to them anymore story yes and i think that's a really really cool well i think even take it a step further like the game does if you don't talk to someone enough times they die very true they just disappear and And i think i don't think it's possible to keep everybody alive yes it is i believe so because i believe there's a trophy for it I don't know. I could be wrong. We'll double check after. But I'm pretty sure there's a way that you can keep everybody because some people don't come in some nights. Right. So, like, 
you can I yeah think, i think yeah you i think you can it. make it yeah. work i just don't know the level in which you need to talk to people like there were people who once i figured this out was i was like well okay i really want to save this person because i really like them but i wasn't able to save like basically anybody because i didn't understand how many times i needed to talk to them so i would be trying to figure mm-hmm. out how many times to talk to one person and then the person i wanted to save would leave and i'd be like well i guess they're dead right. and then the next day they'd be dead so it was kind of like really sad because <laughs> i just wanted to keep everyone alive uh like the people i cared about like the little like journalist guy yeah i really like him and i wanted him to live there's our dogs again That's a, that was a crystal clear that was a that was a good one yeah thanks luna for your input she was right up on the door she very much was very good mic technique yes um but anyways so yeah i like the social stuff we talked about the puzzle stuff um so yeah let's kind of talk about like the good versus bad in this game i really like the integration of the little like quizzes when you're going between floors Mm -hmm. and i really like how those play into whether you're a good or bad person as well as your choices of things to say to both Catherine's and your choices of things to say to other people mm-hmm. who to ignore mm-hmm. how it all kind of plays into this this whole bar at the bottom of like are you on the good side or the bad side are you somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. And I'm really bummed because we didn't know. I mean, I assumed that this is what directly influenced the ending. Because one thing I did know about this game was that there were, I thought, two endings. That's what I thought as well. I thought if you go more to the bad side, you get Catherine with C. More to the good side, you get Catherine with a K. End of story. Wash your hands of it. You get that. So the whole time I was trying to get Catherine with a C. But towards the end, I think there were a couple times where I answered a quiz a certain way or something that I thought was bad, but was actually the good answer. And so ultimately, we were literally at the edge of the bad side, but not all the way over, which is where you need to be to get the Catherine ending with a C. So we ended up with what is known as the neutral ending. It's also known as the freedom ending. So let's start with what we got. So yeah. basically, here's a summary of it. to Because it's kind of hard to summarize everything that happens. Um, but Vincent realizes that he doesn't want to get married. And he demands payment from Mutton, who... Um, wait... What? Oh yeah, that's Thomas. Thomas Mutton is the he. Yeah, that's the boy. That's wait a boss. second. I don't think this is true. This is not true at all. Someone edited this <laughs> on a wrestling match. He does not bet it on a wrestling. What match. are they talking about? No, what we got. <laughs> well, because Catherine of the K breaks up with him, and then he... Catherine of the C. No, is... he breaks up with. Both of them. Are you sure? Yes. Cat. He breaks up with Catherine with a K. Comes by. He. So he. Mutton is like. I'm. I like. What do you want? And mm-hmm. he says like. I want you to make this person come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And he's like. Are you sure? And he's like. Yeah. And so Catherine with a K comes up to him. And he's like. I don't. Want to be with you. Like I don't want to get married. That's what he says. He says, like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to be with you. Whatever. And then she leaves. And then that's it. Like, he's just, like, by himself. I think maybe he may... I can't remember, but I think... Because we watched... We ended up going back and watching them all. Because we were like, that's kind of a weird ending. I want to look for this wrestling match I don't think this is true. Um, I want it to be true more than anything. But, so... Okay. So, the different endings, though, is that if you do the Catherine ending... You meet with her, huh? <laughs> it's just every time you say Catherine, I'm like, which one? <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, we didn't get the freedom ending. No. Yeah, we got the one where she breaks up. So with the, this wrestling match one, I think, is a very real thing. Dude, we got. We watch didn't this. see this because we got the bad Catherine with a K ending. Yeah. So the bad. So there's t- actually four. There are five different endings to this game my head's gonna explode 
So if you're bad and meet Catherine at the end with a K, yeah. you ask her to take you back, yeah. which is what happened to us. She refuses. That's what I thought. In the good Catherine with a K ending, she forgives you and uh, then you get married, okay. which we right. watched. We, we saw that one. In the Catherine with a C ending, um, if you do the bad version of hers... You ask her to marry you, and she says no. But Ooh. in the good version of hers... The best ending. The best ending. She accepts you live together in hell, despite the objections of Nurgle, the king of hell, and Catherine's father. In the true ending, Vincent overthrows Nurgle and becomes the king of hell with Catherine as his queen. Yeah. Which is just buck wild to yeah. watch unfold. And what I wish had been our true ending. And, and the... What, <laughs> isn't the throne her dad? Like, he's sitting on her dad. I think it was something like that. Like, it's like a whole thing. <laughs> it's very good. It was so good. But it, the whole time that we watched that one, we were like, wow, I really want to experience that have been my ending yeah that would have been very good um but wow, i, I wonder how you get the bad I, catherine ending with a c yeah i don't know <laughs> i did it <laughs> i don't know because we watched so we when we finished it we kind of weren't happy with our ending so we knew and we knew there were different endings so we looked up a youtube video and it said yeah. all endings yeah but it but apparently it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it because wasn't. we didn't get the bad catherine with a c ending yeah. and we didn't get the freedom, the freedom ending i gotta we see gotta this see wrestling this. yeah we're gonna watch that after this podcast um so in conclusion conclusion do you think you missed the boat on this game uh yeah i i had one foot in and then it left without me and i fell in the water <laughs> yeah. but uh uh, you pulled me out of the water, and we both got in this boat together there when it came back to there port. You go. This is a weird metaphor. That's huh? a weird metaphor. All I right, don't like it. Um, I definitely missed the boat on this game. I missed the boat so much that I didn't even know the boat existed. Yeah, this game rules. This game is so good. I recommend this game so much, like to the point where Josh and I had the conversation the other day. You know, um, about the new full body Catherine full body coming out and i was like so i think i'm gonna get the ex like the limited edition version because i love this game so much that now i want like all the cool stuff that goes with it um and yeah, I we should play trauma center i don't <laughs> think we would like trauma center i think we because would like i watched center. enough gdq runs of trauma center now that i'm like i wouldn't like that game man but what about the game grumps even run? that there you go just watch the game grumps run there you go you've experienced trauma center it's so good but i want to do it i don't all right we'll see we'll, we'll see, see. What i'd rather i'd much sooner play a shimagami tensei game than i would trauma I have center four. yeah but i'm gonna fall asleep while playing no offense, but like those games seem real dry. The, I'm, I've had, uh, SMT for four, five years, yeah, and maybe gotten through about six hours of that game because it's very dry. It's real rough to get through. Like I, I always want to like the Shimagami Tensei games yeah. because I love the demons, like the personas so yeah. much that I want to experience a game that's more about those, but there's just not a whole lot there for me. Yeah. And it's not the same like combat and it's not, I think what I love about Persona is the social stuff and the combat and Shimagami Tensei. That's not right. what it is. Well, and but now that you've played uh, Persona 5. Yes. Persona 5 is a lot Excuse more similar. Me, I've platinumed Persona true. 5. I was going to congratulate you towards the end of the podcast, ah. but uh, you went ahead and did it yourself because you're a braggart. Yeah, because I platinumed. Sorry, in case you didn't hear that, folks. <laughs> I platinumed Persona 5. Uh, all right. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> um, but, uh, but since you played Persona 5 now, Persona 5 is a lot more similar to the combat uh style and the demon negotiation style true that's true uh, Shimigami i think my was. problem no offense to anybody involved you gotta have that high school drama no tea no shade no pink lemonade but 
the Shimagama Tensei, just the way it looks too, kind of isn't appealing to me. When they, yeah, it's, it's I'll definitely ma- I will less make a statement. Stylized. I will make an official statement. When Shimagama Tensei Five comes out in the next ten years, <laughs> I will play that game. All right, I'm holding you to that. I will play it at least for two hours. When it when it comes out on Nintendo 3DS in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely going to come out on Switch. That's why it's taking so long. No. It's going to be a 3DS game. Alice always does that kind of stuff. Like they put Persona 4 out on PS2 in 2009. That's true. Well, again, we kind of like we learned from this Catherine thing. Sometimes they take a really long time to be able to get the ability. That's what I'm saying. I'm kind. It's kind of a joke. It's kind of a joke, but but it's also really true. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd play it. I mean, like Q2 is fun, and it's on 3DS. It's a nice swan song for the 3DS. Very true. Um, and then uh. I still want to play. I have Devil Survivor too. What's that? That's Shimigami Tensei, but it's kind of in a different style. Okay. But the phone, the Shimigami Tensei phone game is mm-hmm. kind of fun. It just it was a phone game yeah. that I that didn't really draw me in. Yep. Didn't didn't hook me enough. I had a lot no. of fun playing it for a couple nights, and then I was like, you know what? Then I realized how much room it was taking on my phone, and I was yeah. like, I'm not that dedicated to this game. Yeah. But anyways. That brings us to our next and last segment of this show, which is now boarding. Play the music. Please give me time for a pause, Josh. (laughs) Welcome to now boarding. This is a segment on the show where we talk about games that are cool, hip and happening right now that we really enjoy. Josh is laughing because (laughs) I've had to do three takes to get to this segment now. Um... But anyways, this is, like I said, we I love don't, to play brand new video games. We don't like to let you miss the boat on anything. So we're going to go ahead and tell you about yeah, games is, that are cool right now. This is more of a cautionary podcast. We don't want you to no, miss any boats that we, we missed. No. Don't. No. Don't do it. So anyways, uh, Josh, what are you playing right now that's hip, cool, and happening? And the Iceborne beta is not an option. Uh, Well... It kind of is, No, though. because Iceborne's not out yet. It's just but the beta. It, yeah, it's a beta, and I am That won't it. be available probably when this podcast oh, comes out. Shoot, you know what I'm playing? A game that I backed on Kickstarter oh, four yeah. years ago <laughs> that just came out, and I didn't get my uh, PS4 key on release day. I had to wait a day because somebody messed up. But Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, just came out, and I... I'm having a lot of fun with it. Are you? Uh, yeah. You I like just, it? Uh-huh. I just got past the... I played for about, what, two hours last night? And I got past I the first so. boss. And the castle is real big. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And it is real nice. Yeah, it's definitely one of those games that I've I've watched you play a little bit of now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that sure isn't a me game, but I'm glad you like it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's, you know, Koji Igarashi, yeah. uh, Symphony of the Night director um and made it and uh because it was a kickstarter game and he had a lot of like creator clans Mm -hmm. um kind of you could you could say which clan you were backing when you backed it um and uh aaron and dan from game grumps each have their you can oh yeah if you name your character certain names you can name it ego raptor and get aaron's grump head from the game grumps intro and then uh grump i think you get dan yeah so i i'm playing the whole game with aaron's grump head on my character so it looks all, pretty ridiculous it's it's one of the funniest things i've seen in a while just playing this very serious game and all the cutscenes zoomed in on miriam's face are all aaron and all of my trophy screenshots are gonna have aaron's face aaron's that's face. so good well, Luna about, well, is not happy about that. Luna is just trying to play Shin Megami Tensei 4, but she can't get past some of the early training missions, and it's just giving her a hard time. It is. I am playing an expansion to a game that already exists, um, and it will. You also are playing it, but we're Man. playing Overcooked 2. Oh yeah. So Overcooked 2, I don't. I believe I've never talked about it on this podcast. I don't think so. Um, over, the Overcooked games, near and dear to my heart. Team 17, near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Very much love them. In fact, I am wearing a uh, official Onion piece, an uh, official piece of Onion King merchandise on my body right now. Just keep going. 
We got to get through. And it. our dogs are just not not happy about it. We've been away from them for an hour and they don't like it. They don't like it. But anyways, we um, have been playing through the Hungry Horde DLC that just Hangry Horde. Hangry Horde DLC that just came out as well as is it the ha- Happy Camper? It's the S'more. The S'more. Yeah, 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 the Happy 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 Camper. Uh, no, I think it's called the S'more something. Uh... But it's a it's a camping related yeah, DLC that we had hadn't played through yet. Yeah. Um and I just want to say that like Overcooked is a really great game. Like I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I always have enjoyed like the DLC that comes out and all the new chef skins that come out and stuff. I've always thought that's really cool. But like the support that the team has given Overcooked 2 specifically mm-hmm. has been great. Their release schedule for DLC has been like impeccable. It really has been like you play a DLC and as soon as you kind of just like forget about Overcooked for a second, they come out with a new one and it's enough to kind of get you back in and get you playing. The levels are always interesting and new and have new mechanics Mm -hmm. to them. There's never anything dull. The recipes are new and cool. Like we didn't buy a season pass for some reason when Overcooked 2 came out. So we're paying full price for every single one of these DLC packs that comes out. And I am not upset about it yeah. at all. Like, I fully think it's worth the money to pay, you know, $5 for a pack. Or, like, the Hangry Horde one was $10. And you, it's so good. It's so expansive. Like, yeah. there's so much to it. It's not just the typical DLC. There's a whole other element to it. And I just think that they've put some really great work into this game. And I love it. And so if you've never played Overcooked or you haven't picked up Overcooked 2 because you think that you got enough of it in Overcooked 1. You didn't. You didn't because they changed. They made so Trust many. Trust us, your parents. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, fun fact, speaking of platinum trophies, since those already came up this podcast, um, <laughs> we had to, we played before they patched it in where you could both earn trophies through the same playthrough. So we have platinumed this game twice (laughs) because we had to platinum it for both of our accounts and i and we are still playing the dlc every time it comes out which should tell you how much we love this game (laughs) it's very good we probably dumped i don't know 30 40 hours yeah into overcooked which is not a game that takes that many hours so yeah i definitely recommend overcooked too so yeah we play that game a lot (laughs) we play that game a lot it's because it's very fun yeah so uh, basically, now that we've reached the end, I just want to, uh, this I'm not used to doing this part yet, so forgive me, but we- I'll think about it, okay? <laughs> we are going to talk about the next two games that we have for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So the very next episode you get should be a bonus episode, and um, it's going to be for Night in the Woods. I can't even keep track of what episodes are numbers and which episodes are bonuses That's anymore. That's the point. That's why I don't say episode numbers anymore. Ah. <laughs> and then the next proper episode- should be and i'm going to say should because it does take um a little bit of effort to play this game (laughs) if y'all could see the facial expressions that went along with a little bit of effort um maybe we'll post that on twitter no we won't but have you reenacted um or we'll start a patreon and that'll be that'll be the incentive give us five dollars a month and you get to see michelle doing a little bit of effort that's not even what i did you recreated it very poorly that's i mean that's what i'm saying you have to do okay anyways if all goes right in the world then our next proper episode will be yakuza zero yes uh i fun fact have never played a yakuza game ever in my life and i had to do a bunch of research to find out which game is the one that you should actually start with in this year of 2019 and apparently it's yakuza zero so um if it's not yakuza zero and i'm completely wrong please tweet us at missed boat or email into we missed the boat biz at gmail.com which is also linked on our twitter um because guess what i'm gonna start playing it basically when this episode comes out and if i'm wrong please tell me now (laughs) because i don't want to dump 30 hours into this game if i'm playing the wrong one first like i i think you've seen this you can start with zero you could start with kiwami now which is one remastered. Yes, or you can start or with you can, six. You can even start with six because they do have a pretty good um, chapter recap 
for yes. each each game um, that you can go and, and but watch. everyone says start with zero so yeah, i'm starting yeah, yeah, yeah. with zero yeah, and that, that's not a bad place to start. I don't think there are too many wrong places to start in the Yakuza series because I started with four and they did the same thing. Yeah. They had the recaps for one, two, and three. So um, we will see. Yeah. But you're going to play, we're both technically playing Yakuza 0, but it's yeah. going to be kind of like when we played Beyond Good and Evil and we'll yeah. both be playing it. Um, kind of take turns. Yeah, you can look forward to an episode about that. So if you have any fun anecdotes, stories, or comments about either night in the woods or yakuza zero uh make sure to tweet at us again that's at missed boat and then our email is on our twitter bio so you can go ahead and email us about uh the super cool experiences you've had with those games yeah and especially night in the woods because that will be our next one wow um and because that game is also buck wild very good game but we'll get to that next time Right. Do you want to send us off? Yep. It's it's me, your boy, Josh Cruz, the mad lad, the absolute unit. And I'm here to tell all of you, keep on floating. <laughs> <laughs>